Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. When an Old Testament believer opened up the scriptures and read the story of Samson, he would have been riveted, shocked at the behavior of this leader. But then when he thought more, meditated, he would have seen that it was the picture, the story of not just Samson, but of the whole nation of Israel. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and As we study the life of Samson, we see his many flaws. And today, Pastor Ed will be explaining that Samson is a type of Israel. And in some cases, Samson could be a type of Christian. Samson knew that God had a calling on his life. Yet he succumbed to the temptation of lust, and he intermingled with Delilah, a Philistine woman. Samson was warned not to go down this path, but he ignored the warning. Just like Samson, we too need to heed the warnings of God's Word so that we can avoid sin's consequences. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. In Judges, the 15th chapter, and I'm really dealing with chapter 16 because it's the most memorable events, the events that we think about when we think about Samson. Because in chapter 16, you have the story of Samson and everybody remembers that, Samson and Delilah. And uh, they make movies about it and stories about it. And it's not an easy chapter to read because uh, it's a sorrowful chapter. But the grace of God is there, as so often it is. God's grace invading our darkness. But in chapter 15, you have something different. Generally, at the end of the judge's reign, it mentions they reigned so many years, and it concludes with that. Well, in chapter 15, it states, um, we'll take a look at it, 15, chapter, verse 20. Samson was Israel's judge for 20 years while the Philistines ruled the land. A couple of things. First of all, the Philistines were still in control, whereas the other judges were able to throw off the yoke of the oppressors. It doesn't happen for Samson. He makes them uncomfortable, and he begins a process of deliverance. But what it also says is this. It seems like it says he judged for 20 years. Now, it says that again at the end of chapter 16, But it says it here because I think it's almost like Samson is going along, he's judging, and something very dark happens in his life. And he sort of hangs up that mantle of leadership. And for a period of time, he goes far away from God. Now, it's, it's been coming on. It's been happening. It's been building up. 
but it just reaches out, grabs a hold of his life, and it's a dark time in the nation's history as well as in this judge's life. We're going to just read the first three verses. They're shocking for a religious leader, for a judge. One day, Samson went to the Philistine city of Gaza. Now, that's deep in Philistine country. That's a capital of the Philistine uh, nation. So he goes to Gaza. I don't know what he's going there for, but then the next phrase, and spent the night with a prostitute. Now, that was a legal profession among the Philistines, But among the people of God, it wasn't supposed to be something they would involve themselves in. It was acceptable among the Philistines, but not God's children. Word soon spread that Samson was there, so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the city gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. He had caused them trouble. He had become a hero in the nation of Israel. And he had a bounty on his head in the land of the Philistines. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took a hold of the city gates. Whoa, takes a hold of the city gates. It's not like a gate you go into your backyard with or your front yard with. City gates in the Middle East, uh, among on the cities, they were huge. Weighing thousands of pounds. It was no easy task to open them, nevertheless to pick them up and just carry them off. And the text says, And then he got up, took a hold of the city gates with its two posts, lifted them, bar and all, right out of the ground. He put them on his shoulders, carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. That's in the land of Judah. Uh, That's about 40 miles. Imagine that. What a feat. The power of God was on him to do that. It's interesting. This story, Why in the world did God put it in the Bible? I mean, why did God spend so much space in the book of Judges to talk about Samson more than any other judge? Why do you think? Why? When an Old Testament believer opened up the scriptures and read the story of Samson, he would have been riveted, shocked at the behavior of this leader. But then when he thought more, meditated, he would have seen that it was the picture, the story of not just Samson, but of the whole nation of Israel. With a powerful hand, God formed them and brought them out of Egypt. And as soon as they come to Mount Sinai and Moses is up on the hill or the mountain, immediately they're worshiping in idolatry. 
And again and again and again and again, they stray from the God, the lover of their soul. And again and again and again, they suffer the consequence of those disobediences, never living up to their full potential. He was a condensed version of the history of the people. Why did God give so much space to it? In his word, more than any other judge in the book of Judges. Well, maybe Paul can give us some insight as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul the apostle writes, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful, careful that you don't fall. Not only was it a mirror for an Old Testament believer, but it's a mirror for you and for me to look at. He lived a life that was set on self-destruct. Now again and again, God reached and redeemed. God reached in and redeemed. Again and again, God came and rescued him. That's the nature of our God. A life never lived up to its potential. A life well wasted. What caused this path of self-destruction? Well, the first thing I want to draw your attention to is this. In the driver's seat, he was driven by sensuality. By sensuality. In verse 1, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went to the red light district. There he was. And he saw temptation. Just think about this for a moment. Samson always flirted with the Philistines. He he was always flirting with the Philistines. In fact, they say that Delilah's name, one of the meanings could have been flirtatious. He was always flirting with them, but he never adopted their God. Now, he lived like a Philistine in many ways, but he never, ever adopted the theology of Dagon. He knew the true God, the living God, Yahweh. But what he did do was he ignored God's law. God's law was ignored. On that day, Samson went to Gaza. He saw the prophet. He went to spend time that night with her. In the Old Testament, the relationship of sex outside of marriage was wrong, as it is in the New Testament. But Samson just crossed the boundaries. Now, picture with me. Samson, 20 years, he's the judge. And all of a sudden, he decides to go to Gaza. But before he goes, he makes a wise stop. Picture this happening. Didn't happen, but picture it happening. He goes to see his counselor, who happens to be a good Jewish counselor. Believes in God. And he says, listen, I'm going to take a trip. The counselor looks at him and says, Samson, where are you going? Gaza. Gaza? Well, Samson, let's talk about this right now. You know, you never really got over that marriage 
at Timnah, where your wife was killed and she was taken away from you. It was a traumatic experience for you. You've never really worked through those issues. And, and you know, also your parents have recently died as well. Uh, because we know his parents had passed away. And, and you know you've been attracted to those Philistines for a long, long time. Remember what your mother said? Can't you find a good Jewish girl? Samson, you're vulnerable. Don't even go there. See, there are seasons in our life when we're more vulnerable than others. There are times in our life where temptation and whatever area may impact us more than at other times. And Samson just simply doesn't pay attention. See, God set up his word. Now, his word is like a guardrail. When you're driving on life's highway, there's all sorts of twists and turns where you can veer off and you can get on that slippery slope of sin and fall to your destruction. But God put up the guardrails to protect us, but we could ignore his word. We could ignore what the scriptures said, and that's what Samson's going to do. I don't know if his times were much different than ours. It spiraled down. You go through the book of Judges from beginning to end, and you take note that the times were getting worse and worse and worse. Anybody who has lived any amount of years can say times are harder today than they were 20 years ago or 40 years ago or morality's changed in America and keeps on rapidly changing. I mean... Christian Mangle, place where Christians can meet. They took a survey, you know. In that survey, they asked Christians if they would engage in uh, premarital sex before they're married. 63% said yes. That's Christian Mangle. We reflect our culture. But God's word doesn't change. And and Paul would have something to speak to and say to Samson and and to you and me. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, and including 7. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means set apart from God and separate from the world. That's God's will. That you should avoid sexual immorality. It's all over. Avoid it. And then he's real clear that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. You know when you're weak. You know when you're stronger. You know what causes you temptations. You know what doesn't bother you. Samson was, as far as we know, a single man. And um, I don't know if he tried Christian mingle or not, but... uh, (laughs) uh, But... (laughs) Uh, But anyway, he he made terrible choices, as so many people do, and so often the case. Paul says that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. 
The standards haven't changed. They're the same. So he ignores God's law to his own detriment. He's driven by sensuality. But you know what else he does? That causes, causes him to just plummet to the bottom. He ignores God's grace. He ignores God's grace. Uh, we read the text earlier, verses two to three. It, it says, they're waiting to kill him. They're planning. They're gonna just put him to death. He gets up. Middle of the night, he goes to the gates and he just rips them up. That weighs several thousand pounds. Leaves the city defenseless because that was their defense. Goes about 40 miles to Hebron. Now, how do you do that? I don't care if you're an Atlas or if you're the strongest man in the world. You can't do that in the natural. It, it takes the power of God. See, God reached down in Samson's weakness and he showed him mercy and grace and delivered him and gave him the strength. Instead of Samson stopping and thinking, oh God, thank you. I could have been killed. I could have died. He does what so often God's children do. He just takes God's grace for granted. Oh, that's the way it should be, you know. That's the way God is. Remember what Paul said in Romans? God's law was given so that all people should see how sinful they were. Oh, we see that. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. What God was doing was saying, Samson, I love you. You're strained. Samson, I've called you. Samson, don't you remember? I don't know. Maybe his mother's and father's prayers were still following him. And God was reaching down in grace to deliver him, to lift him out of his situation. But he simply ignores the grace of God because he's gonna, at the end of the chapter, wind up in Gaza. And at the end of the chapter, because he didn't learn, he's going to be in Gaza this time, he's gonna die there. It's gonna come full circle. There he is, just simply going along not recognizing God's kind, gracious work in his life. Self-destructive life is a life driven, driven by sensuality. And it drives him right into the land of stupidity. That's the only way to say it. He was walking in stupidity. When you read these verses from four Almost to the end of the chapter, about verse 20 or so, you see this dialogue between him and Delilah. And you think, hello? Is anybody up there? You know, how far does that elevator go? Samson, come on. Well, let me just read a couple of verses. You'll see what I'm saying. In chapter 14, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. 
The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Wow! She was going to be set up for the rest of her life. I mean, in, in those terms, she was a millionaire. 30 shekels of silver was the cost of a slave. Five of the leaders, five of the governors of leaders, going to give her 1,100 each. She made out well. So Delilah said to the Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Hello, Samson, you know. Uh, He saw love, she saw money. He really loved this woman. Now it's interesting, there were four women that were prominent in his life. His mother, we don't know her name. His wife that he got married to at Timnah, we don't know her name, and the prostitute. But this woman was named Delilah. Now, he fell in love with the wrong, let me underline it, wrong soulmate. Do you know you could fall in love with the wrong soulmate? Mm-hmm. In verses 4 and again 15 to 17, uh, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Surtek. Her name was Delilah. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? You know, we got to be transparent in this relationship. we got to tell everybody everything about ourselves. How can you keep these things from me? If you love me, Samson, doesn't that sound familiar? Chapter 14, remember his wife? They said, we want the riddle, you get it from him. Tell me the secret, how do you love me? She poured on the tears, he, deja vu. But sin makes you stupid. It does. Sin makes us stupid. How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. He fell in love with the wrong soulmate. His soul was to be shaped by his calling. His soul was to be shaped by the word of God. He was to develop a taste for holy things, but he developed a taste for carnal things. He developed a taste for life on the edge, living on the edge. He developed a taste for these Philistine women. He developed a taste for danger and violence. He was shaping, he was creating his appetite, his taste for the people he would be attracted to. You've seen it. Some people marry and then they marry and then they marry and they keep on marrying the wrong person. Just repeating the thing. Samson, that was his soulmate, all right? She was not the one God had for him. Don't be deceived by saying, oh, I really love him, I really love her, but 
you're married to someone else. Women in ministry is a topic that has a variety of opinions surrounding it. The book of Judges highlights a particular woman who is not only a mighty warrior, but a wise leader in the nation of Israel. Through this study, Pastor Ed will share with us the important role that women play in the body of Christ. And this is only one important truth we'll learn as we study the book of Judges. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.